they're going let's pray in the spirit for a minute praise god let's pray in the spirit and then i want you everybody listen i want you to <laughs> i want you to listen to the holy ghost while you're praying in the spirit and we'll even stop when we get to the end when we through finish praying we'll pause a minute and listen quietly and i just want you to see if if god speaks anything to you that would be uh, either, uh, you know, a word of knowledge. And it doesn't have to be about healing, you know. Just uh, speak, and we'll speak those out if we if we receive something. We're not trying to work anything up, but we'll just give God opportunity. Hallelujah. So let's pray together tonight. We praise you, Lord God. We come before you, Lord, pray in the perfect will of God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in every life here, every family here. Thank you for your goodness. Arabate, Alabate, Kebrota, Kamate, Koso, 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 Holete, Arabate, Sheke, Brata, Arabaho, Sha, Kabrate, Alabate, Kebrete, Kimamama, Hoshe, Ilabata, Kabate, Kebrese, Kebababo, Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Greater glory, Lord. More of you, Jesus. We want to grow and increase in the Spirit, Lord. We're hungry, Lord. Increase our hunger. Now let's just pause a moment. You listen. So um, now remember, in Word of Knowledge, we studied this a couple of weeks ago, but remember, you can see it, hear it, read it, feel it, see it, hear it, read it, feel it, help me, see it, hear it, read it, feel it, two more, uh, yeah, just know it, know it, or get an impression, and then one more, whoa. Dream it. Okay, dream it. I, I trust you weren't dreaming right then, but uh, any of the other six would probably work right now. So did anybody hear anything? Okay, Laquina? Trust me again. Trust me again. Well, hallelujah. If that's for somebody specifically, if you've quit trusting or are afraid to trust, well, Laquina says, trust me again. That's what the Lord said to her. Hallelujah. Is there anybody we could pray for that has that issue that maybe you're wanting to trust again, but you've been a little afraid? Hallelujah. Okay, anybody else get anything? That was good. Okay. Okay. Guidance through goodness. 
Okay. So those uh, would might just be words of encouragement to the entire body. Hallelujah. And that could be prophecy, actually, because, you know, prophecies for edification, exhortation and comfort. So that could be exhortation, comfort, and could be over in the area of prophecy, which they all overlap. So, hallelujah. Just say what you hear or see. Okay, Myron. Blurry eyes. Anybody got blurry eyes? Having some trouble with blurry eyes? Hallelujah. No blurry eyes? Praise God. Be, be obedient if the Lord calls you out. Because if somebody goes to the... To, if they're bold enough and take a risk enough to speak it out, hallelujah, then you need to be bold enough to receive it from God. Hallelujah. So blurry eyes. Or blurry eye. Eyes, eye. Hallelujah. Okay, well, sometimes it's not here. Sometimes we can claim it for somebody else. And sometimes uh, it shows up later. Hallelujah. Does, I'll, I'll ask. I had a couple of things. Did anybody else have anything? Okay, Miss Lisa. Racing heart. Anybody have had that problem where the heart will race at times? Racing heart. Beat too fast at times. Nobody? Well, hallelujah. We'll, we'll put that. Uh, <clears throat> does August 25th mean anything to anybody? August 25th. Anybody? Nobody? Okay. Put that on. How about, I, uh, and I, before I left the house, I saw a knife. A knife. It was more like a, um, not like a dinner knife, not like a pocket knife. More like a, I don't even know, I guess maybe it's a hunting knife. I don't know, more like a knife knife, like that long. Anybody have a knife, knife wound, knife scar? Anybody ever been threatened with a knife? That was one thing that came. Threatened with a knife. Nobody. Okay. Okay, well, hallelujah. Well, we're, we're practicing. That's all I can say. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, you have anything? Thank you, Jesus. I felt like the Lord wanted us to practice, take the risk, be willing to take the risk. Hallelujah. I know I am really believing God to, to increase, and you can't increase without. It's, it's kind of like, okay, got something over here? August 25th is your anniversary. Yeah, but you're not married. <laughs> Dating anniversary. Hallelujah. Praise God. Didn't know you could do that. <laughs> oh, praise God. August 25th. Well, let's pray for you. Praise the Lord. Just put both, both of you, put your hand over here. Thank you, Lord. Father, we release the blessing of God to Jacob and to Amber in the name of Jesus. We release wisdom to them. We release, Lord God, oh, hallelujah, your power. Lord, your goodness into their lives in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you, Father God, that they would uh, see clearly your will, your way, your path. Lord God, their destinies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The callings of God in the name of Jesus, and we bless them. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory to God in their lives. Holy Spirit, fill them. Come upon them in a greater and a mightier way. Give them a greater hunger. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Let your blessing pour into them. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, when I got that August 25th, I knew that it wasn't like healing. It was going to be about just blessing. That God just wanted to bless somebody that had something to do with August 25th. So that fit right there. Okay, and it doesn't have to, you know, when that, when there's a date like that, it can be, you know, your first child, your second, your grandkid, you know, it, it's just God's trying to get you to, it doesn't have to be your birthday or your anniversary, it can be something like that, or your first child or, you know, grandchild, it can be something God's just trying to get you to focus in on, uh, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> 
Thank you, Lord. Well, God's good. Are y'all in a good humor tonight? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we'll turn over to Ephesians six fourteen, and while uh, glory, and while we're going there, um, one thing I wanted to talk about is uh, I think it was not this Monday, but the Monday before at prayer, we had a real interesting thing come forth, and it kind of was. I think it was like three three people had a part of it, and. I know Pastor had a part, Leanne had a part. can't remember who the third one was that had a part in this word that came forth. And, uh, <clears throat> and when and Leanne had a part, something about a shelf, I remember that. And uh, Pastor had a part about a skeleton, body parts. And so uh, when they had that word, and I want to tell you this because it's, it's a, it, the Lord spoke to me clearly out of it. I saw something, and the Lord said, it's a I just knew as plain as day that it was a strategy for prayer. That it was not just, oh, that's nice, but it was an actual, I want you to pray this. I want you to pray about this. And what, it, when I, what I saw when they spoke... Uh, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of times prophecy will do that or word of knowledge. It'll just, it'll build until it, you know, one person will have a part and it'll break open. And so I saw this wall right here and it was like, the, I know this looks like a wall, but in the spirit it's shelves, built in shelves. So you, I can just see it right now. These are built in shelves in this wall all the way across. And on those shelves we're supposed to... Um, we're supposed to believe God and start praying and putting body parts, new body parts, on those shelves. Praying things out in advance, like Mark Brzee taught us two years taught taught us to do that years ago, where you don't wait till somebody comes in and says, "You know, I need a kidney. My kidneys are failing." Well, we've already stocked the shelves. We prayed and we've already put those on the shelves right up here. Hallelujah. So I got that so plain. And I'm like, okay, okay. So we do that by just decreeing and declaring as you're praying. Well, Lord, I just agree that there's, and name a part and put it on the shelf, whatever comes up in your heart. And we're putting them on the shelves. We're, we're praying that out ahead of time so when somebody comes up, we're not like, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to pray? Well, oh, no, no, no. We've already put that on the shelf. Hallelujah. And we're doing this, we're preparing in this healing thing for some future events that are about to break forth in the body of Christ. <coughs> and so, um, and then on Sunday morning at home, I was just, you know, meditating on the service and everything. And I just saw angels and there was boxes and they were literally uncrating boxes and putting parts on the shelf. Hallelujah. So we've got shelving in this church with body parts starting to be put on it. So if something comes up in your heart, a liver or heart or whatever, start saying, well, I just decree that. I decree and declare, Lord, that the angels are bringing new hearts and putting it on the shelves. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes when somebody's got psoriasis of the liver or they've got some issue, it's easier to just go for the new one than to try to believe God to heal the... I mean, to me, it's like it's easier to believe for the new than it is to believe to heal that old messed up one have you ever thought about that and so I, I don't hallelujah praise God I'm stretching you a little hallelujah but we need to stretch amen hallelujah did something happen before we got to church tonight on the news nothing okay because it's just like the atmosphere is like not the same as any night we usually are here so I just wondered, I was like, you know, anything happened? Okay, we're in Ephesians 6, 14. Thank you, Lord. I, I just can go a lot of ways tonight, but thank you, Lord. <clears throat> so uh, we're talking about victorious mindsets. We're on our study about having a victorious mindset, having renewed minds. And always believing truth. Always having everything, you know, if you can just see in the spirit realm that you have a truth bucket inside of you and we want everything in that truth bucket to be really truth. 
Because anything that we're believing that's not truth is a hindrance to us. And uh, the Lord pointed this out to me this week through some personal situations that came up. But in Efe I was meditating on the armor of God. Because I, I felt like the Lord said, uh, there can be a gap in the armor. And we need to periodically go over and go through the armor of God and make sure it's all, every area we've got um, just right. And, you know, I saw something I had not seen before. And it was, uh, well, I mean, I had quoted it, but I had not had revelation before. But Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Having your loins girt about with truth. So it's, it's important that we have truth in our life because truth is part of our armor. So it makes sense to me that if I'm believing something that's not true, my armor's not secure in that area. I would not have protection in that area because I'm believing something that's totally not true. Like if, and we let's take that to an extreme. None of us believe this, but let's say you believed, well, healing passed away. You can see where you got a gaping hole in your armor if you believe that healing passed away. God no longer heals. Well, none of us believe that, but we all have things that we're believing that are not truth according to the Word of God. Maybe it's something to do with religious tradition or, or just a, uh, a mindset that we got from our parents. Uh, just, uh, you know, there's people that are believing things about uh, how they, like, I, I live on a fixed income. That is a, that's not truth. That's not what the Word of God says. But that's commonly believed by Christians. Even Christians with a Bible and Spirit-filled and they read their Bible, but they still have gotten locked into something that was not truth. And those are the kind of things, it's not the obvious things, because we've kind of gotten the obvious already. It's going to be the things that are not so obvious in our lives. And that God's going to have to bring His Holy Spirit and say, quit believing that. Quit believing that because you're going to have what you believe. And so as I read that and I thought the part of the armor of God is my loins girt about with truth. So I have to, it, 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 it's very profitable me to seek truth, to seek to have a renewed mind, to not be satisfied right where I'm at, just saved and going to heaven, but I'm looking to have my mind renewed and to think like God. Why? Because I'm going to walk freer and have more protection right here on earth. And when I, when I was thinking about this and meditating, immediately Psalm 91.4 came to me. And I thought, well, duh. And because we quote this like, you know, every day or, every, or very often, very, very often. Maybe not every day. He says in 91.4, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth. Say his truth. His truth. Shall be thy shield and buckler. Wow. Truth. So if I'm believing a lie, my shield's not very good. And whatever a buckler is, that isn't very good either. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, but if I'm believing truth about what, and I'm, my believings lined up with what the Word of God says, I've got a shield. I've got a buckler. I'm more secure. I'm more in Psalm 91. I'm going to have the more benefit from Psalm 91 if I'm believing truth than if I'm believing a lie. So we are, we've been doing a cleaning out of our truth bucket, hadn't we? So tonight um, we're going to look at victorious mindset number 14. And we're just going to look at one tonight because it's pretty involved. But it's not hard. It's just, you know, there's a lot. It's just there's a lot of good stuff to it. And the victorious mindset number 14 is I am repenting to glistening hope. I'm going to say that again. I am repenting to glistening hope. Everybody say glistening hope. I know that you might not understand what that means right now, but we'll get to that. And when I do this, I overcome real spiritual strongholds. Real spiritual strongholds. Repenting to glistening hope. Overcoming real spiritual strongholds. So we want to uh, be fruitful. We want to go from average to fruitful. That's part of our goal in this. Go to the 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I think as Christians too many times we're, leaving, leading, we're living from crisis. We get over the crisis. Then we go to mediocre 
but we stop at mediocre. But we want to go from average to fruitful. And, uh, you know, one of the things is that we need to recognize problems in their infancy. You know, it's kind of like somebody said this one time, uh, when is a problem a problem? When are we going to see that America has a problem? Well, are we going to wait till enemy tanks are rolling down the streets? And then say, you know, we got a problem in America. Well, there's signs that America has a problem now, right now, right now. But a lot of people don't want to see them. A lot of people are too busy. They're just busy. They don't ever watch the news. Or, you know, I grew up not watching it, not paying any attention. I mean, I didn't watch the news probably. I mean, I'm talking about I might watch the local weather. I might watch the local channel news to see who had a wreck on the interstate but to see what's happening in the world you know i just was not about that so they this is a we need to recognize problems and but we when before they become huge and we need to do that in our own lives too this is a problem this is a problem if i don't believe right because then it can give the enemy a place to bring huge problems okay so um you know, one of the things about Renewed Mind is where you and I are going, where I'm going, and where you're going, your destiny I'm talking about, my destiny, both corporately and individually, I can't go there and think that way anymore. I can't think the way I'm thinking and go where I'm going. Hallelujah. And I, I mean that. I, the, and I've been on a pursuit of a renewed mind, but I got some stuff I got to change the way I think. And a lot of it has to do with this glistening hope thing. You can't, you know, I have come to the place where I know I can't respond the way I used to anymore. Hallelujah. If I get bad service in a restaurant, I can't respond the way I used to. <laughs> Lord used to let me get by with sometimes giving a little piece of my mind. Not in a bad way, but just like, well, this just didn't write. You know, I don't know what I would say, but I don't, I just like, I can't respond that way anymore. I cannot do that. I have, ha I have to change the way I respond to go where I'm going. And to personal situations that come against me. If I get up and I don't feel good. If I come to prayer and I, I can't respond the way I used to would respond. I can't be led by my feelings. I can't pray according to my feelings. And we, you know, a lot of times we do. We prayed according to what we're feeling that night. Well, I just feel led to soak. Well, that's... You know, hallelujah. No, we soak when the leader soaks and we pray when the leader... We follow. Hallelujah. Because oh, I'm, just, I'm just feeling like I just need to just sit back and enjoy the peace that everybody else that's praying is created in the room. Hallelujah. I mean, we can't go where we're going and live like that anymore. Uh, respond that way. Uh, did you know in, if, you, if you believe there's no coincidences in God? You know, there is, it's not a coincidence. Hallelujah. Um, so we're going to talk about abounding hope tonight and we're going to go to Romans 15, 13 because abounding hope is going to change the way we respond glistening hope, abounding hope in Romans 15 it's called abounding hope so we'll glistening hope can you just feature something, that, a situation let's just look at your bank account do you just sparkle with hope about your bank account? Don't answer. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you've got uh, or your health, are you sparkling with hope about your health? Your children, are you, are you just glistening with hope concerning the even if the situation is not good, but you're just you're just so full of hope about it. And that's where we want to get and that's where we want to go, okay? And it's not that hard. It's just like a decision, but sometimes I think we just didn't know we were supposed to. In the church, in the religious world, we're taught, you need to get a burden. Bless God, you need to get a burden and get down there and get a burden. And you really aren't spiritual unless you are carrying a heavy burden. And you're looking pretty and you sure wouldn't want to act like you were happy. Why, after all, your husband's been dead ten years and you know that's just too soon to get happy. 
the divorce has been over 12 years and you just you know you ought to be grieving and burdened and your kids they're acting like hoodlums you ought to be burdened and crying and weeping and hallelujah see that's religion though it is it's religion but we we sometimes we fall prey to that not even meaning to we have a uh a day that's not so great and all of a sudden it's like our hope level just drops down to the floor maybe not in every area but in some area and you know it's so easy to go there you know uh you know in the believing the building is sold in coker uh there's been times when i was just like glistening with hope but then there's been times when if i went according to my feelings hallelujah that my, my feelings didn't feel glistening. Hallelujah. Praise God. So abounding hope. Romans 15, 13. Are we there? Everybody but me? Okay. Uh, now I'm in John. That just don't even work. I got tired of turning, I think, before I got there. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope. Say God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. Say, abound in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He wants to fill you with hope. He wants you to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. The battle we are in right now, folks, is for hope. That's the battle. Have you ever been in one of those times when it's I got to find God or die or I'm gonna it's find God or die time? Hallelujah! Praise God! Hallelujah! Praise God! The battle, the battle, the devil wants to take our hope. He wants to take our hope. Hallelujah! In the the the, the phrase "glistening hope" came from a book by a man called. Francis Frangipan. I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, but anybody ever heard of Francis Frangipan? Yeah, okay. Well, he wrote a book called The Three Battlegrounds, and uh, he talked about that glistening hope reveals that you are, if you don't have, let me say it again. Let me start over. If you have no, don't have glistening hope in an area, it reveals that you're believing a lie in that area. Hallelujah. Believe the lie. The devil's told us a lie. Well, uh, you know, one of the lies the devil tells is that's hopeless. <laughs> he just, he tells us things are hopeless. Hallelujah. But you know, we, we, the, the circumstances are never hopeless. Let's renew our mind to that right now. There are no, cir- no circumstances that are hopeless in God. In God, because what does the Bible say? Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. And nothing is impossible with God. So in God, there are no hopeless circumstances, but there are hopeless people. And you know, sometimes the doctor will say, it's hopeless. Family, call us the family in, it's hopeless. But, the, but, but we, you know, we kind of refuse to believe that because that means the doctor's hopeless, but it doesn't mean there's no hope in God. There's no hopeless circumstances. But doctors often get hopeless. They see a lot of, and they have bought into the hopeless. Hallelujah. But we can't buy into hopeless. We can't buy into it financially, in relationships, marriages. We cannot buy into hopeless where our children are concerned. God has drugged he, that Katie Souza we watched the other morning. He got her out of prison. She was in prison, one mean girl. Randall Greer, uh, he, was, uh, he was in prison. He had murdered people. And he's, the, he's a big preacher now, you know. He's a big uh, preacher. And uh, the... the Whites were telling us the other day that when they were doing prison ministry down at the ranch, you know, Greenville, is that where it's at? Greensboro. 
the Alabama prison down at Greensboro, they, they were doing prison ministry down there. They ministered to him. And <laughs> that they went down there to minister one night and he had escaped. I think that's hilarious myself. That just tickles me. <laughs> and said, but you know, that was the time that God said, God got a hold of him that time, and he said, go back and turn yourself in. And he went to a phone and turned himself in. But now he's in prison ministry. I mean, he, yeah, he ministers in prisons. He ministers everywhere. He got pardoned. And he, he is fully, he can vote in everything. And he's murdered people. I mean, there are no hopeless circumstances, folks. And I know it doesn't turn out that way for everybody to get saved in prison, but, you know, hallelujah. It can always turn for good. Hallelujah. There are no hopeless circumstances. So your kid could be in prison. There's no hopeless disease, incurable. There's no incurable diseases in God. Hallelujah. None. So we just have to think right. Praise God. I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. Um, so anything we don't have glistening hope in, then we have believed a lie in that area. And, and this is what Francis Frangipan said, and that area is a stronghold in your life. It's got to come down. you got to change the way you're thinking. Because you will have, if you're believing that and thinking that, you will have it. And we need to ask the Lord, Lord, reveal to me every lie that I'm believing. Every lie the devil's told me. Every lie I believe just because it was passed down, you know, from the generations. Somebody told us one time uh, that their daddy said to them, don't ever trust a white man. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. And But it's easy to believe those lies because people we trust and when we're young and we're... Children, we can believe things like that. And there's been white people that have been taught things just as bad or worse. But we have to, we have to confront the lie and believe the truth. Hallelujah. So, Lord, reveal to us any lies that we are believing. One guy said he prayed that prayer. He said it was a stupid prayer. He was said it was like a dump truck pulled up and <laughs> dumped on him. He pretty much said... He found out most of what he was believing was just religious tradition and hallelujah, he hadn't hardly believed anything that was truth. You know what I mean, you know what I mean. There's four main areas of belief that we have to have straightened out. What we believe about God, and it can't be religious tradition, it has to be what the Word says. What we believe about God, that is so, that will stop us in our tracks if we believe wrong about God. Well, God's putting sickness on people to teach them a lesson. Boy, that'll mess you up. You'll be so messed up. And then what we believe we are in Christ, what we believe we are, that's the second thing. That's got to be. That's got to be straightened out, what we believe we are. Number three, what we believe about others. I think that sometimes in this church we're better at what we believe about God, pretty good at what we believe we are, need to improve in what we believe about others. Because a lot of times we're believing grace on me and judgment on somebody. You know what I'm... Do you ever, have you ever felt that way? Hallelujah. I know there was two disciples that wanted to call down some fire. And, and you know, Jesus said to him, you don't know what spirit you are of. I, I have actually thought before that there were some people, that, some special people in the world that needed some judgment.
Hallelujah. Number four, what we believe about our circumstances. And we know that every one of us in this room, that's an area that we need to change and get some glistening hope applied. We're going to apply the glistening hope tonight. Thank you, Lord. The basics are set, but a whole lot of things get hidden by religious tradition. If what I believe creates hope, listen to this, if what I believe creates hope, it's from God. If what I believe is creating hope in me, if what I believe is not creating hope, hallelujah. I believe that there's people in this room tonight that you are called to be an encourager. You are called to be a Barnabas to Saul. I don't know if there's a greater calling than Barnabas. Barnabas, he, he, he probably wasn't even fivefold apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, but he was, he was an encourager and a helper and a, to, to, to Saul. God brought Barnabas up along Saul. So we're called, some of us especially, to be encouragers. You may not can teach from the pulpit. You may not can, but just about anybody and everybody's called into this being an encourager and exhortation. And to, what that means is bring hope into every situation. Bring hope. Bring hope. And if you, you know, there's been a time when in my life, and it's not that far away, that if somebody said, well, you know, my, let's say my brother has cancer or something like that, I would be like, I don't know whether to pray or not because I don't know how they've been living and I don't know if they're believing and I don't know if they, and it's like, forget all that, start, we need to put our hope and our glistening hope in the goodness of God instead of the goodness of man. Because not by works of righteousness, which they've done, but according to His mercy, He saves them. So I've changed and I've got my faith over in the goodness of God. And I don't care if they know God, know He's a healer. I can believe that God wants to show him them His goodness. That's all I have to believe. God wants to show him their, His goodness. They can be not doing right, and God still wants to show them His goodness. The goodness of God can lead them to repentance. Most people that aren't doing right just have never had an experience with the Holy Ghost, an encounter with Almighty God. Oh, they might have had religion. They might have even walked the aisle. But they've never encountered my God. And, and, and uh, you know, they need a good case of the shakes. They need God to pin them to the ground. Hallelujah. They need an encounter with the Holy Ghost. They need an angel. Boy, angels walk in the room and people change. See an angel. Hallelujah. Or hey, how about Jesus? He could walk in. And boy, I've noticed, that I read that book about Muslims. When Jesus walks in, they start changing. It's like everything they've been taught 40 years, don't matter. Something. I just had an encounter with Almighty God. We need to start believing for the goodness of God. And that's what you need too. Don't be afraid of an encounter. We need to be having them all the time, encounters with God, so that we can go into... We can, we, you won't, you, as long as you're hopeless, you're not going anywhere. You're stuck. And, and Hallelujah. Um, our, our beliefs, oh, let's go to, uh, four, 15, four. Well, first, no, stay in 15, 13 right now. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's a little hidden, but you know, our beliefs need to lead to greater peace and greater joy. Is what you're believing right now giving you peace? Is the prophecy you receive giving you peace? Is the prophecy or the word you have from heaven, is it giving you joy and peace? If it's not, and it's not bringing hope, it's not God. Hallelujah. Uh, it leads, the, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. So our beliefs need to lead to greater peace and greater joy. M listen to this. This will 
Because we, like, we don't like to think about emotions a lot. We kind of like to say, well, those don't count for anything. And we can't be led by emotion, I understand. But we can examine our emotions. And our emotions are an indicator of our beliefs. If our emotions aren't lined up, we're not in hope and we're not in believing. We don't have hope. There ought to be some joy around here. Because we have glistening hope. Everything's turning out amazing. That's an awesome word because what? It gives all of us hope. Everything's turning out amazing. About this time tomorrow. Uh, that gives me hope. Hallelujah. With, I, I'm in 24-hour mode. Everything's changing. But we need to be believing right. And if we can tell if we're believing right, because we ought to have hope. Amen. I'm not preaching on the Antichrist tonight. Y'all can go ahead and get happy and excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, Romans 15, 4, going over there. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. That we through patience and, and, and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Did you know when he wrote that, Paul wrote that, he's talking about the Old Testament. He says there, written aforetime. He's talking about the Old Testament scriptures bringing hope. Well, how much? We got better promises. How much more? These were writ, this book was written to give us hope. Hallelujah. Proper interpretation of scripture creates hope. And that's one way we can tell. Is this being interpreted right? Did you ever hear something talking? I wonder if that's right. Well, is it bringing hope? It ought to have a touch of hope in it. There might be correction in it. There might be a rebuke in it. But there ought to be a touch of hope. And you know things like Pastor talks about turn and burn. Turn or burn. There's no hope in that phrase. You at least need to put the next phrase. <laughs> well, you know something. Turn or burn. There's no hope. Hallelujah. So hope should be hooked on to the Word of God that's preached. So we're going to analyze. This is the next week. I, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to analyze where you don't have hope. Analyze where you've accepted wrong thoughts about people. How many people do we think, we might not think it's totally impossible, but we nearly think it's impossible for them to be saved. Or we might put them in the highly unlikely category. Do you all have any people like that? Praise God. So that, uh, how about uh, thoughts about finances? Where how, where's our hope level? Glistening, glistening, glistening. I speak glistening hope over your finances. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Say everything's turning out amazing. Everything is turning out amazing. In my finances. In my finances. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, knowing there are lies is the first step. Some people might not even know they've believed anything that's a lie. And then we got to know how to replace the lies. My current present reality is a result of my belief system. I don't like that. I don't know about you, but I do not like that. When I say, okay, your finances. Okay, it's because of your belief system. No, I don't want to believe that. I do not like believing that. I do not like knowing that. I don't want anybody saying that to me. Why? Because I won't, I'd rather it be the devil's fault, circumstances' fault, God's, I don't, wouldn't say he's teaching me something, but he's, his timing just hasn't <laughs> kicked in yet. I'll try to believe anything, but I don't want to believe it's something to do that I need to believe different. Do, are y'all like that? 
or am I just the only one? Okay. Hallelujah. I may, I must, must right now. I in some in there's several areas. I must right now have a change in my belief system. Right now. Right now. You have to change. Right now. You don't have time to wait for another year. Change right now in my belief system. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to Romans 5 3. Let's, let's read two just because we like it. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope. Say rejoice in hope. You know, how much rejoicing are you doing? I kicked mine up a notch. When I started hearing this truth and getting a hold of this, I kicked my rejoicing up. Hallelujah. Rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Now let's get a little clearer understanding of this scripture because it's always been one of those that wasn't that clear to me because I sure didn't like uh, glorying in tribulation, but the Bible says we're supposed to. When you glory, and glory in this sense is not used like, you know, uh, well, the glory of God came in like the cloud. It's, this, is, this is actually rejoicing, like it says up in the verse before. Rejoicing. In fact, when you glory, it's extreme rejoicing. Not just praise the Lord, thank you Jesus, although that's good. But, I mean, glorying in, in tribulation. Going through a tribulation... You need to get to glorying. Glorying in the tribulation. Glory in tribulation. I know we don't like it, but that's what the Bible says to do. And we're Bible believers. Remember, we're word of faith. Word of faith believes the Bible. Amen? Glory in tribulation. And when we glory in tribulation, it's a door. Glorying in tribulation is a door. It's a door into something. What this is talking about is getting a right attitude if you really sum it up. In other words, when we glory in tribulation, we see God in our situation. Not that He caused it, we see that He's working. He's working it out. Hallelujah. We bring Him into the situation when we start glorying in the midst of tribulation. And it opens the door. And it produces, and the King James says patience, but the word is uh, perseverance. We're to not only rejoice in tribulation, we are to persevere in our rejoicing. Wow. It's real easy to rejoice for an hour or so when something's going wrong, but how many days, how many months, how many years can you persevere in the tribulation? We're to persevere in the tribulation. And as we persevere in tribulation, in the glorying, it will work. It says, and patience, experience. That word experience, better translation, character. Glorying in tribulation, persevering in the tribulation, produces character in my life. Character. And character then produces hope. Hallelujah. And these are steps right here. Steps to Christian maturity. Glorying in tribulation. Persevering in the glorying. Which produces Christian character. And then that produces hope. So I persevere in my glorying. Hallelujah. So in the middle of my difficulty, I learned to praise the Lord. And the law of breakthrough kicks in. And here's the law of breakthrough. The law of breakthrough is that every truth of God will work if I don't give up. The law of breakthrough. Every truth of God will work if I don't give up. 
There is never a truth of God that doesn't work as long as I don't give up. Glorying is high-level rejoicing. Rejoicing, high-level rejoicing, extreme rejoicing. When's the last time, I, I know you've been glorying in some things, but how, when's the last time you went into extreme glory, high-level glory, high-level rejoicing, wildly rejoicing? Hallelujah. When's the last time your kid said, Mama, Mama flipped out? <laughs> Hallelujah. High-level rejoicing. Praise God. Praise God. Glistening hope. Character. High-level rejoicing produces character. Character is the inner ability to make consistently right decisions. When you make right decisions, you know you, have, you, you are maturing in your Christian character. And when you consistently make them. Not making one every once in a while. The heathen make a right decision every once in a while. Hallelujah. But consistently making right decisions. Then your Christian character is beginning to be developed. Hallelujah. And right beyond character is hope. Hope is a way of viewing life birthed out of believing in the goodness of God and the promises of God. So hope in every area. In other words, I am viewing life in every area from the promises of God and the goodness of God. I tell you what, viewing healing from the goodness of God makes it so much easier to believe for healing. It gets it off of... Well, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I prayed right. I don't know if I said right. I don't know if I declared enough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, it's not working. The devil tell you that. It's not working. Totally putting that aside and believing in the goodness of God. What did David say? He said, it just came to me. He said, I, he, well, didn't he say, I will see the goodness of God again in the land of the living. Not, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to see, I'm going to die and go to heaven and see the goodness of God. No, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will live and not die and declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hope. Hope is what, we've got to go through this maturity process because hope is what advances the kingdom of God. We're praying for the advancement and the increase of the kingdom of God in Tuscaloosa County and in River Church. Hope advances the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. Even though character's good and it's in the process, character will never advance the kingdom of God. Hope will advance the kingdom of God. You can have good character and be totally hopeless. And in fact, we're told not to go to God and ask Him for things based on our good character. Works. But we are to have good character. Why? Because good character makes us make right decisions. You can eliminate many, many problems in your life and your future life by, by making right decisions. The decisions you make today, 10 years from now, you will be living with consequences of those decisions. And maybe longer. But they will show up by then is what I'm saying. The, the consequences will show up. And if they're good decisions, you will be, oh, hallelujah. But the bad decisions, not that God can't turn it for good, but you will be believing and overcoming. And, and, you know, we can just eliminate a lot of that stuff so that we can use our faith instead of on believing and overcoming. We can use it to help give other people hope and to, to, uh, to minister. I know I wanted to come to the place where I got out of having to believe for myself all the time. 
having to believe for my own finances, having to believe to recover, having to believe. I don't want to have to believe for me all the time and pray for me. I want to pray for others. Don't you want to come out of that place? That was the good thing Jesus had going for him. He wasn't trying to recover out of something, get healed, get emotionally healed from the wounds and the trauma of the past. He could just give everything to ministry to others. Hallelujah. So hope advances the kingdom. You know, when we focus you know, on uh, what we've done, we never quite measure up. Isn't that the truth? And, you know, even in healing, if you're focused on, uh, well, you know, I'm reading my healing scriptures today. Now i got to be sure and read them. You know, I want to read, you know. And it's great to feed on healing scriptures. It will increase you. It will keep your faith built up. But when we focus on us in that, it causes us to um, um, never quite measure up. You know you'll be like, well, I should have read more. I should have prayed longer. I should have confessed more. Hallelujah. So our goal in this victorious mindset thing is not a way of doing things, but a way of thinking. We want to think right. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that that's always been the emphasis with me and Pastor, but it is now. Hallelujah. And, of course, we want people to live right. But the more we preach on people living right, the more they don't live right. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, But I have hope now. Hallelujah. I have hope. Do y'all have hope for me? But you say, I have hope. Miss Debbie's going to change. Hallelujah. I say, I have hope. You're going to change too. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Glistening hope in every area of my life. Hallelujah. I'm hopeful. I believe God is really good, Garland. He is really good. He is really good all the time. All the time. Hallelujah. The devil's been after our hope. Hallelujah. My hope level is a big deal. Hallelujah. So what do you need to adjust about in order to have hope? Maybe you need to go back and look at some of the words that were spoken over you. That would bring you hope. Maybe you just need to say in it more every day. Everything's turning out amazing. Maybe you just need to start declaring that every day. Maybe you need to start shouting about it and get excited about it. Even though your body don't feel excited. Even your mind don't feel excited. But just go ahead and... When the devil says something to you, like he says, well, you're, it's hopeless. That situation's hopeless. You know, it, it, yeah, it's easy to fall into that. Then you need, we need to laugh at that. Hallelujah. There are no hopeless circumstances. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Has the devil told you a lie today? Probably. Yep, somebody said, yep. Hallelujah. Probably everybody in here's heard the lie. Praise God. Whoo. Hallelujah. Well, I'm laughing at it. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. I am full of hope. Say, I'm full of hope. My, I have glistening hope. Hallelujah. Praise it, God. Leanne, what area do you now have glistening hope in? You've just decided. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. There are no impossible circumstances. Praise God. You will not stay that way. Hallelujah. By this time tomorrow, everything will be different. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else, what do you have glistening hope in? Because if you have hope, it'll encourage me to have hope. Is it glistening hope? Not just hope, just but glistening. Yeah, sparkling. Hallelujah. Abounding in hope. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you rejoicing? I believe Laquina could be a rejoicer. Hallelujah. Mama's done spazzed out in there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. People pounding on the apartment wall. Shut up over there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who else has got a glistening hope? How many, okay, who has, I don't have glistening hope yet, but I have hope that I could have glistening hope. Is somebody there? Anybody there? Nobody's willing to admit anything tonight. I tell you what, I could ask anything tonight and very few would admit it. Hallelujah. Anybody else got glistening hope? I need you to give me hope. What's your glistening hope in, Myron? <laughs> Hallelujah. Anything specific you can help us with? Finances. Hallelujah. Praise God. From the pit to the palace in one day. Amen. Glistening hope. Glistening hope. Jennifer, you got any glistening hope? Amen. Amen. It won't be hard either. Hallelujah. By this time tomorrow, that'll all be over and free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Every wound healed, we decree it and declare it. Every, every trauma to the soul in Jesus' name. Not that she won't remember it, but it'd be like, that seems like that was somebody else. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be that healed. In Jesus' name, we decree it. We declare it. Glistening hope. Melissa, you got any glistening hope for us? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for surprises coming. Thank you for suddenlies. Yes. Breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Breakout. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, Jacob. Hallelujah. And you have revelation of it. You're filled with the knowledge of His will. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We have glistening hope for you with that. Glory to God. Glistening hope. Shanita, you got some glistening? You are debt free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, Eric. Glistening hope. Fulfill your destiny. Hallelujah. Praise God. We agree. Thank you, Jesus. Anita, where's your glistening hope at? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, we agree with that. Healing, inner healing. Thank you, Lord, for everybody in the room that needs that. In Jesus' name, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The goodness of God is just overtaking us. Amen. Garland. Start calling you Jacob. Glistening hope. Paid for house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Goodly houses. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you. Uh, Miss Rachel, you got any goodly, I mean, glistening hope? Every area. Hallelujah. Well, that's true. We all want it in every area, don't we? Miss Joan, you got glistening hope? Hallelujah. Well, you know, I look at it this way. The it, it, in order for the end time wealth transfer there's some things going to have to turn upside down in other areas. Hallelujah. And so if it, you know, he may turn, some things may turn upside down to shake some stuff out of some people's pockets. Because there's no lack of wealth. It's just not distributed right. Hallelujah. Huh? Suddenly and into the hands of the righteous. 
Hallelujah. That will use it for the kingdom. Praise God. And you know, hallelujah. Praise God. We've never seen the righteous forsaken. I have great hope. It won't matter. And what we need, He will get to us ahead of time. You know, sometimes I go, well, you know, Lord, do we need a generator? God, do we need this? Do we? And I'm like, well, Lord, you know, that's not in the budget right now. So if you need us to have one, drive it right up here in the driveway. Hallelujah. But, you know, He doesn't even need that. Because he can, there was light in Goshen. But I, he knows I like my air conditioning now. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm all about, so now I don't like, you know, I don't want, I'm tired of winter, but I want my air conditioning when it gets summer. <coughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody stand up. Well, no, we got to, no, no, don't stand up. Get out your pocketbook and sow a seed into all your glistening hope areas. <laughs>